This broadcast has been brought to you by Wesley United Methodist Church. For more information, see our webpage at wesleyumc.com. Amen, amen. We have a treat this morning. Uh, not that, just that I'm back. I know that y'all are just like, woohoo! Uh, we have a guest preacher with us this morning, uh, Reverend Morris Mathis. And he's coming over here from a little town called Conroe. Maybe y'all have heard of it. Uh, just right up the road, and he works at the conference office. He has the, uh, uh, I guess we could say privilege, I don't know if it's an honor to work just down the hall from uh, our very own Robert Besser, um, and he is the director of New, New Faith Communities. Right. With that, please uh, join me in a warm welcome to... Well, it is great to, to be here with you and to share worship and uh, seek, to, seek to bring a word. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited about uh, Robert moving into the same building where, where I office. I've already heard stories this morning from uh, Wade and Tim about what it's like to work with this guy. Uh, of course, I've been knowing Robert a while, but really, I think I'm going to be getting to know him uh, a lot better in the coming years and my assumption is a lot of you could tell me some good stories, uh, things that I ought to know about Robert, but I know enough to know, you know, the words that come to mind are, be afraid, be very afraid. Because uh, I think, I just get the feeling you never quite know what's coming with this guy, uh, which uh, I, I think is part of the fun of it. So anyway, looking forward to working with Robert, and I know y'all are looking forward to receiving your new pastor. and. Um, so, uh, so anyway, I know uh, no great things are ahead for you, for you and for the ministry of this church. So well, let's go to the scriptures and reading from the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians and beginning with the 7th verse. Listen now for God's word. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. Well, it was on Monday Night Football, uh, I think in about the mid-80s, uh, the Washington Redskins were playing the New York Giants. The Redskins had the ball. So Coach Gibbs call, sends in the play for, uh, for Joe Theismann. It's a flea flicker. And so he hands the ball off to the great uh, running back, John Riggins, and then he tosses the ball back to Theismann. But Lawrence Taylor, the great New York Giants linebacker, wasn't fooled by any of it. So as Theismann is looking down the field to find his receiver, Taylor draws a bead on him and tackles him in at least what was then a perfectly legal tackle, and he tackles him in such a way 
where Theismann experienced a compound fracture of the tibia, which is a fancy way of saying that basically his leg broke in two. And what made that moment so horrific and so memorable was that it was probably the first time you ever saw on national TV what such a thing looks like. And through the miracle of instant replay, zoom lens, and slow motion, we saw it over and over and over again. In fact, we've got that video. Let's take a look at that right now. So, no, 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 I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do that to you. I mean, really, I mean, who wants to see that? I mean, I've read that Theismann and Taylor both have said that since that happened, they never once looked at the video. And you know, I understand. I mean, that is not how bones are supposed to be. They're supposed to be connected, you know, hip bone connect to the thigh bone, thigh bone, knee bone connect to the shin bone. And I mean, they're supposed to, to be connected. And because when bodies are connected, they are able to function in the way that they were designed to function. Well, that's the whole idea behind the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. In the section that precedes this, at the beginning of the chapter, Paul talks about the unity of the church. And what he says is, he says, look, I get it. We all have different backgrounds. We don't all believe exactly the same thing. We don't all live in exactly the same way. But he says, we are still one. We are still united. And what he says is, he says this unity that we have is grounded in our common confession. That we have all confessed that Jesus Christ is the Lord of our lives. And because Jesus is the Lord of our lives, whatever else we may, there may be about us that is not the same, because we all have done that, we are all made one. And so what he says in the beginning of the chapter is that the church shares a confessional unity. But then he continues on in this section to talk about the other kind of unity that the church shares, the, the sense of connection that the church has, and that is a spiritual unity. He talks about all the gifts of the Spirit that are, that are given, the gift of prophecy and the gift of healing and the gift of tongues and the, the gift of miracles, and on and on the list goes. And, and in describing this, what he's speaking of, the picture that he is painting of, is of what it looks like when the Spirit of God is alive and active and present among the people of God. And he introduces this whole section in a very important way. Because what he says is, he says these gifts are given for the common good. These gifts are given for a great purpose. And that is, these gifts are given for the good of all. From the Greek... Uh, the, the language of the New Testament from the Greek, the, the word from which we derive this, this phrase, the common good or the good of all, is symphiron. Symphiron. That word remind any, anybody of a word in English? Anybody at all want to take a stab at it? Symphiron. Anybody? Symphony. Thank you very much. I'm glad you're out there. So symphony. Um, yeah. You know, this, this word symphiron is really a word that is rich in meaning. In construction, it's like what happens when they're building a wall 
and they take one stone and put it on another stone, and it's like they were made for each other. They just fit together perfectly. That's, that's, it's like in music. Symphiron speaks of the, the harmony of, of, of the notes of music being sung or, or played together. In my life before I was a, a Methodist preacher, uh, I played in a Christian rock and roll band. And uh, so we'd go around all kinds of different churches. This was in the 70s. My set of drums were probably the first set of drums that made their way inside of a lot of Methodist sanctuaries. We, I saw a lot of people storming out of the church mad, and I'm pretty sure it was my fault. And, you know, I, I feel pretty good about that. It, um, and, and the thing that was so great about our band was that we had these four guys who individually, they had good voices. But when they sang together, when they harmonized, man, it was, it was special. It was beautiful. It was, it was rich. That's Symphiron. Symphiron. It, it, Symphiron is what happens in relationships. You got somebody in your life that you just click with. Somebody in your life that they just get you. They just, and, and you just get them. Y'all just, y'all just go together like peas and carrots. I mean, y'all just, just go, just go together. So that's, that's Symphiron. That, that's what Paul is talking about. That's what Paul is talking about that happens in the church. When God gives these gifts that they all fit together, they all work together, and they do so for a very special purpose, and that is for the good of all, that is for the common good. My wife and I have two great kids. They're now grown and living their lives. We have a son who's a paramedic. We have a daughter who's a, a junior in college. And my poor kids had to, um, had to grow up with a dad who gave them uh, ridiculous nicknames all the time. And I, I get the impression a lot of dads do this. Like it must be in the, the dad handbook or something because I, I get the impression a lot of dads do this. And like my son, Kyle, you know, he was Kalibile. He was baby Kyle. He's like now about three inches taller than me. He's still baby Kyle. He's still got to deal with that. Uh, our daughter, Amy, uh, her name is Amy Leanne. Somehow she became Amy Lou. Uh, she's uh, Boo, she's Babu. I don't know where these names come from. But anyway, they, they got to live with that. Well, one time we were at the house and Amy announced, she said, uh, Dad, I have a nickname for you. And so my wife and I said, well, what is it? She said, it's someone. And we went, someone? What are you, what are you talking about? Someone. And she said, well, she said, I've noticed that when it's 10 o'clock at night, and mom says, someone needs to take out the trash. <laughs> or someone needs to go to the store and get some milk. She's always talking about you. She says, you're someone. And occasionally, uh, you know, when you know, we'll be at the house and she'll, I'll hear her, she'll go, hey, someone. And I always know, well, she, she wants me to do something. Uh, it, it, my daughter has another nickname for me that she sometimes calls me, and that is um, Mr. Make It Better. I got to tell you, friends, I wouldn't take a million bucks for that. 
I wouldn't take a million bucks for the idea that I got a daughter who somehow or another is under the impression that when the old man becomes involved, that things get better. If you were to think about your life, the role that you play in this connected community, in the connected community of Wesley United Methodist Church, what would your nickname be? What would people call you based on, on who you are in your life together as a people? Is it auto outsider or is it Ignatius involved? Is it the encourager? Is it the friend? Is it the leader? Is it the helper? Is it the uniter? Is it, is it um, uh, Steve Stingy or Geraldine Generous? Uh, what, what would your nickname be? That might be an interesting question for you to have over lunch. What would my nickname be? More than that, what do you want your nickname to be? What do you, what do you want to be known as as you think about the part that you play in this connected community? What I want to hope what I want to hope and believe is for that for every one of us, our desire is to be that person who is using the gifts that God has given you to make things better. Using the gifts that God has given you. And let me say, if you're here today as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have spiritual gifts. I mean, every now and then I'll bump into people who say, oh, no, I don't have spiritual gifts. Oh, no, no, I, I don't. I don't. You, if you say that, if you're a follower of Jesus and you say that, what you are suggesting is that somehow this God who has the power to speak creation into existence by the power of his word, that that God cannot pull off giving little old you a spiritual gift. I'm sorry, I don't buy it. If you're here today as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been given by God spiritual gifts, and those gifts have been given for a purpose, and that purpose is for the common good, to use those gifts to make things better. What I want to hope is that every one of us is identifying the spiritual gifts that God has given us and is using them to make this world a better place, to make this community a better place, to make this church a better place, to make your homes a better place. That's what Simphiron is. It's when the people of God, united by the spiritual gifts that God has given them, are each one using those gifts with the hope and with the dream, with the desire of just making things better for the, for the common good. Paul understood that just as a body is healthiest when it is connected, Paul understood that the church is healthiest when it too is connected. And he identifies in, these, in this scripture, he identifies, he acknowledges there are dividing lines that, that they have. In this verse, he says, for, for, for in the one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. And then he identifies the dividing lines, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. Certainly, there may have been others, but those were the easiest to identify, weren't they? Jews or Greeks, or we could also say non-Jews. Suddenly, these people who, for the Jewish people to be in fellowship with non-Jews, to eat with non-Jews, to worship with non-Jews. It was unthinkable. It was unthinkable to do so. And now, because they're all followers of, of Christ, they are one body. They are one people. For slaves and free, think about that. 
for educational reasons, for economic reasons, for social reasons. These people that were living in two different worlds, now suddenly they are brother and sister. And what Paul is saying to them is that this spirit that, that unites us overcomes these differences. Uh, I was talking not too long ago with a pastor friend of mine who uh, we discovered we both grew up in Houston. And what I came to realize is that uh, as an African-American male, his experience growing up in Houston was very different from mine. Because uh, when he went to high school, he went to high school in the time when they were seeking to begin to integrate high schools in Houston. So he went to Westbury High School. And it was an experiment. Everybody was nervous about how this was going to go. And so they got this uh, group of kids together and said, now you're going to go into this school and there may be moments when it's going to be scary and something may go wrong. And if that ever happens, if you ever feel uncomfortable, all you have to do is to say, I want to see the counselor. And you will be given access to the counselor right away. So with that in his mind, he went to school the first day, and he's a little nervous, he's a little scared, but you know, he was doing it. So he sat down and he, he picked up um, the school newspaper and came to the realization in reading the paper that, that uh, the school mascot for Westbury was the rebels. The rebels. He realized this young African-American guy realized that he was going to high school with a mascot that was the Rebels with all the images of the South that went with that. And he said his first reaction was, I have got to see the counselor. I am at the wrong school. But he kept on reading the paper. And in reading the paper, he discovered that the student council was having a fundraiser. Do you know what the fundraiser was? They were having a slave auction with the students painting their faces black as they stood on the auction block. And he said his reaction was, I have got to see the counselor. I'm at the wrong school. But he said, they found a way. They found a way to stay together in spite of all the differences that they had. Man, when you're trying to overcome those dividing lines, it's scary and it's hard and, and things are, are going to go wrong. Well, what are the dividing lines today? I mean, let's make a list. I mean, it's pretty easy, isn't it? I mean, you got uh, rich and poor and old and young and Republican and Democrat and you know, in the church, you got contemporary, you got traditional, you got uh, progressive theolo theologically, you got uh, conservative theologically. I mean, make a list. There are all kinds of dividing lines in our world, all kinds of dividing lines in our church. I don't, what are the dividing lines here? At this church, I don't know what they are. What are the dividing lines? But you know what Paul says? Paul says we have something that will help us overcome those dividing lines. That is the Spirit of God. And that Spirit of God works and moves in and among us in such a way that helps us to be focused more than anything else on our mission. Our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We have this Spirit that works in our hearts in such a way where we have more of an eternal 
perspective than we do a temporal perspective. As United Methodists, one of the things that we, we make a, a big deal about is the fact that we are, uh, we are a connectional church. We talk about, oh yes, we're a connectional church. And that connectionalism expresses itself in all kinds of different ways. It expresses itself in the fact that your pastors, you don't hire them. Your pastors are appointed. And so that's why it is that, that Robert is going to work for the a conference office. And he's going to do a great job. Somebody says, so what's Robert going to be doing? And, and my summary of it is that Robert's job is to help churches in our conference be better churches. I mean, really, that would be my summary of it. And, and I think Robert is uniquely equipped to do that in terms of his experience, his personality. I think he's uniquely equipped to do that really well. That's why it is Tim is going off to Elysian Fields uh, to become the pastor there. He, he's not being hired, wasn't hired by you, not hired by Elysian Fields, appointed by a bishop. That's why Rick Ivey is coming here. I, I don't know if any of you have gotten to know Rick yet, but I've known Rick a long time. He's a great pastor. He's a great guy. And you're just going to enjoy him so much. He's going to be a blessing to this congregation. The way that works, that's an expression of our connectional life as, as a people. That connectional nature expresses itself in our ability to work together to, to, to do things and to do ministry. Uh, I had the, the privilege of coming here shortly after Harvey and brought a, my pickup truck and a trailer full of water and other things and came in. Well, it was this gym right here, wasn't it? That's right. That's where all the, I, I couldn't believe it, the mountains and mountains of, of water and, and flood buckets and other supplies that have been brought here. And I'm sure a lot of it brought by, was brought by you. A lot of it was brought by the community. I'd like to believe a whole lot of it came from the brothers and sisters of, of the connection. That's who we are. That's, that's what we do. Also understand that our connectional nature is expressed by the district superintendent. Let's see, what's the name of your superintendent? Do y'all know the name of your superintendent? What's that name again? What? What is it? Alicia. Alicia. That's right, Alicia. What's her last name? I never can remember. So I've known Alicia. I've known her since she was in high school. And she was special and awesome then, and she's special and, and awesome now. I've never seen a superintendent as connected to her churches as Alicia is. And really, I mean, she went really above and beyond to get connected with this church. I mean, really, I mean, <laughs> talk, about, talk about making a sacrifice. I mean, wow. Uh, so, uh, and all that's great. All that, you know, the organizational thing and working together thing, and you know, that's great. But we're at our best our deepest connection is the one that we share in our common profession of faith in Christ Jesus. Our deepest connection is found when, when we work together as God's people, overcoming differences. Our deepest connection is found when each of us is deeply committed to using the gifts that God has given us creating, what did he call it? Symphiron. Using those gifts to build up our life together as a people, to build up our homes, to build up our community, and to make this world truly a reflection of God's kingdom.
Let's bow for a word of prayer. God, I give you thanks for, for this church. I give you thanks, oh God, for its great ministry and, and all the ways you have been and continue to be at work through it. I ask, oh God, that you would just bless them during these days of transition and you would, you would just help remind them of who they are as individuals and as a people and that you help them to live faithfully as one body in their common confession of faith in Christ Jesus, but also that, that unity that they found in the Spirit as it moves among them, leading them into a great future of life and ministry and making things better for this broken and hurting world. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. This has been brought to you by Wesley United Methodist Church. For more information, see our webpage at wesleyumc.com.